Hello and welcome to Kuna Quest episode 95. I'm your host recovering from like 27 innings of baseball in a 24-hour period. My caps, AK Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, the wackiest cowpoke in the West, David Roberti, family master. Yeehaw! <laughs> and the the Japanese cowboy over here, or living here. Uh, finally, rising Dan, the samurai gunman. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, Michael Baker, Gaiji Monogatari. And our uh, and our Dark Souls correspondent this week. Yes. Uh, that's me, Eric Carpaggi again. And I died a lot, but I'm making it through the game. Yay! I am currently at the Crystal Caves and about to take on Seth the, the uh, Scaleless. Oh, sweet. Approaching the end. Anyway, I only have like a half hour, so... You I can think the PS4 version's much better at letting you know where the snowflake things drop, so you can yeah. see where the usual platforms are. Yeah, but we will we will save the Dark Souls talk till, till Mike yeah, is, till Mike is gone. Because uh, we were a bit delayed thanks to Skype updates. Wheels. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we can't blame it all on Wheels this time. Yeah, not all of it. Yeah. Like thirty percent wheels. Thirty, yeah. Okay, fine. All right, we're gonna jump right into our first question. We're gonna do the PlayStation Classic one first because that's a hot topic. <laughs> PlayStation not so classic. Yeah, from our good friend Joshua. Uh, he says, now that the PlayStation Classic list of games is out, what games would you have picked for the Mini Classic console? I would have picked like almost literally anything else. Everything that Tim Rogers listed. Anything that it's not Cool Borders 2. (laughs) At least the Resident Evil director's cut is not that god-awful DualShock version. Listen, at least there would have been humor value in that frickin' fart noise basement track playing in hundreds of thousands of homes throughout the U.S. Well, at least, Mike, you can get the Japanese version complete with Saga Frontier. You get Saga Frontier! It's not fair. Yeah, but I mean, I can just get that one for actual PlayStation, and it's true. You'll never guess what's way more expensive here, and never get it released here. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I mean, Retire Frontier is like two bucks over here. Yeah, it's like thirty here. So, but hey, Revelations Persona, that (laughs) great localization. (laughs) What With, with with blackface characters. Oh, That's they're doing no, the, they're doing the original release. Yeah, yeah, they're doing no, they're doing the original release. It's, oh dear! Yeah, no. <laughs> the one that, the one that also excludes like one of the major, like half the game. Yes, yeah, gone. Yeah. Roses are red, zombies are blue. My face is white, so you know I'm true. Thanks, Revelations Persona. Um, yeah, the the PlayStation Classic went from. Um, Exciting release to oh god, what is going on in like <laughs> no time flat? It was already not plus on the one hundred dollar price tag plus only twenty yeah. games and no dual shock. What's weird is that like they should make like, it thirty two because it's like it's supposed to be a thirty two bit system. Like Sony has games that they could fill out that list with to at least make it look like a better value proposition. Like they own a ton of stuff that they could do that's like. Oh, like I mean, I guess this wouldn't be huge, but it would at least fill it out to make the 
value sound better? Like, I mean, I don't associate the Lemmings brand with PlayStation, but they own Lemmings. They could drop a Lemmings on there. They own something like Medieval that they are just about to remake. They could drop that on there. Let's throw the dated-ass uh, Grand Theft Auto on there. Did you put Grand Theft Auto 1 on there? It sucks real hard. Ugh. Oh, it's not really a classic, in my opinion. It's not, it's not a great game, no. It's like everybody the, remembers Grand Theft Auto 3 being the classic, not the other two. Or three. Grand Theft Auto London 1969. Uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto... Oh, man, I'm remembering Grand Theft Auto 2 featuring Anywhere City, USA as its location. <laughs> Actual name. Uh, it took place in the dim and distant future at the time of, two, of 2013. Um, so, yeah. Uh, big... Big fart noise for this. Uh, for again, this is Sony we're talking about. Sony these days doesn't have their head on right. They're doing no, a lot also, of weird things. Also, Japan also gets Devil Dice, which is a neat puzzle puzzle game that we're not getting. I remember playing a demo for that in PlayStation Underground. I want to say that it was originally a Yorose game, which also made it very historically interesting. Yeah. If you don't. But just uh, considering the number of very good and interesting games on PlayStation to begin with, any list that anyone could come up with would not be enough. Yeah, it's just like, what, like I don't think anyone would have constructed a list that contained Destruction Derby, is what I'm saying. I would have put Legend of Mana on there. Like, mm. Even if I talk about things that like I know Sony owns, they could have put in something that was at least like Oh, here's something that's cute and forgotten, but actually kind of okay to play, like Motor Tune Grand Prix. Again, Destruction Derby. Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six wasn't <laughs> wasn't a good PS1 port. Yeah, that was that was I'm particularly thinking, howler. Yeah, I'm thinking some people paid some good money to get their games in. And I'm thinking that Sony did not was not willing to pay for much more. But like they, I feel like they they had budget to go out and get like five notable games, and they spent that on like FF7, MGS, Tekken Three, uh, Ridge Racer, I guess. And there's probably a fifth notable game that I'm not remembering. But like other than that, they just sort of were, they just went with whatever. Like, some of these are also just really strange inclusions because they're, like, the first in a series that has, like, better games that essentially outmode the originals. Like, I don't like Twisted Metal, but there's no reason to ever pick Twisted Metal 1 over 2. <laughs> or Warhawk over anything. Warhawk's not on there. That one's... That's not on there. I won't accept this. Uh, but, like... Uh, it's, Is it really on there? It's not oh. on there. Okay. Like, thankfully, we were spared that travesty but uh, it's it's such a like I feel like they also would have been better off if they just announced them all when they announced the system because holding off on announcing more implies that you have something exciting up your sleeve and they didn't <laughs> maybe they wanted to get all those pre-orders then guess what people still have time to cancel their pre-orders <laughs> yeah I don't know I'll probably pick one up and then hack it to hell and you have as a, have it as a cute novel way to play all those PS1 games I want to get around to. That's about all it'll be particularly good uh, for. If it's using the same hardware as the SNES and NES classics, 
wanted to make more sense just to get one of those, which are cheaper, and then just mod all the stuff in. Yeah, yeah, but I'm partially paying for the look, which is always how these things work. And besides which, it probably actually just uses a Vita TV. Let's be real here. You know what's a good way to play some PS1 games and some nice Vita games? If you say a Vita TV, I'm going to tell you to not advise, not advise people on that. They're Why? Now. Are, are they? They've been discontinued for a while. They're at like 150 bucks now. Oh, wow, I got one for... <laughs> 30 bucks on clearance at GameStop. Yeah, they were very cheap for a while, and then now that they're gone, they, they've crept back up to at least 100 yeah. usually more. Well, mm. if, if you can get it around the price of the PS1 Classic, I highly recommend yeah, it I over mean, that thing. Yeah, it's probably a better investment than a PS1 Classic. You have access to more PS1 games on that, too. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe nothing on this except... No, wait, I think Intelligent Cube also got added, so... I think there's basically nothing on this that isn't on the PSN PS1 Classic set. And many things that are on that list that aren't on this. So, yeah. Uh, so basically, we've reached the point where there are better options than getting the retro console. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, only get it if you're really addicted to that look of like, hey, I remember what the PS1 looked like and it hurts my soul to not to think of not having this. Or you could just wait until, like, Analog does their own version. Yeah. I'm sure that'll happen eventually, but it'll it, it's taken them quite a while at, this, right at the stage they're gone. Plus, that'll be like $500. I don't know, like, the the Genesis one's gonna be, like, uh, close to 200 Okay, whenever I think of Analog, I think of, like, the NT Mini that was, like, $500 for an aluminum frickin' NES, and I was like, mm, don't need that. Don't have money for that. Was that the one that was made out of, like, frickin' solid aluminum? I think so. Yeah. Okay, looking this up. Yeah, the NT Mini seems to have been the one that was made out of machined aluminum or whatever. <laughs> that seemed excessive. I'm not that huge on the NES library, so I didn't need that. Okay, uh, but yeah, so... I mean, we could talk about what we'd want on there. I guess each of us should probably name a game that would be like, oh, this would have been much more interesting to me. <laughs> no, I mean, the list would get way too long, way too fast. That's why I said one game. And it would take me too long to figure out which one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Legend of Mana. Okay, Legend well, that's, of Mana is uh, Legend of Mana and Saga, at least one of the two Saga Frontiers, and that'd be good. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple, because this is something Sony wouldn't even have to license. Tomba. Yes. It's a good platformer RPG. Linda Cube. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh, to make it weird. <laughs> so I'm uh, hoping that for that one for the would be for the uh, Sega Saturn retro mm. machine. As Made then, by At Games. Just crashes because constantly. Because then, then we'd be able to get Scenario D. Finally, but I could actually play the fourth part of the game. Uh, one day, someone will translate some version of this video game. I'd love to see someone yeah. make like a Sega Saturn classic that's just like a bunch of parts actually duct taped inside, like a plastic that's, case. Like that's the aesthetic that it goes for. Yeah. When the cube comes in, bombs. All right. Shall we actually get to some questions here? Yes. Next All question. Right. Yeah. Uh, skipping the Yakuza one. Uh, why? Yeah. You bastard. For now. We'll discuss it later. 
In the year of our Lord, 2018, which intrigues you more, a really good action RPG or turn-based? Has your opinion changed over the years? Mm. I don't really care which, as long as it's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really, yeah, I, I guess I've become less entranced of really traditional examples of both. They have to have something going on. Like, I'm certainly not going to turn away from either of them, but, like, saying it has turn-based battles or it has action battles means basically nothing to me at this point. Yeah, it's, all, it's all about the mechanics. Is it interesting? Is it not interesting? You know... Do I hate it? Uh, <laughs> I need more. Yeah, like, I, I just, I play so much of both that, like, I don't really have, like, an immediate reaction to playing. And even when I was younger, I didn't really have a preference for one side or the other. I was just like, they're games, they're fun. Why do we think when I was which one's better? I think when I was younger, I actually gravitated more towards turn-based ones, because my reflexes were poor and my hand-eye coordination was bad. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that, but, I mean, <laughs> most, um... I mean, most action RPGs really didn't focus that much on the hand-eye coordination. I mean, you didn't need that much for Secret of Mana. It's true, it's true, but I didn't have uh, uh, any chance to play that one. You needed a bit more for Terranigma, but I learned. I learned how to slide, dash, and lunge straight through the through Bloody Mary so I would avoid getting hit by her flying skulls. That took a bit. Yeah, I cut I cut my action RPG teeth more on the PS1, where a lot of action RPGs are actually really bad, so I think I may have, at the time, also just gravitated away from them because action Grand, games on the Grand PS1 Grand have Saga. Oh, <laughs> oh, dear, no. Eat a dick. No. <laughs> that game is super Oh, no, but bad. Illusion of Gaia, that was great. I hate that the company that made Illusion of Gaia and Soul Blazer and Terranigma went on to make Grand Stream Saga. Well, I mean, they had to make a fourth one because it's Quartet. Well, their name was Quintet, so there should be a fifth uh, one. Well, the fifth one was Robotrek, which was a turn-based game, and it was very unbalanced at times. Can we just okay, pretend so the fifth one was ActRaiser? Yeah. And Robotrek has a very interesting localization. <laughs> uh, yes, I still remember the NPC who had four different ways to spell his own name, depending on how what point you were looking at it. Some good old English spelling. Oh no! I uh, mean, it was um, I, it was something vaguely Polish sounding. Hmm. So, Linky had something like that. No, but I mean, the yeah. thing I remember about that game the most is that the the primary strategy for winning boss battles yeah. was to pray for a critical hit. Oh, yeah. good, my favorite. Why the, why the fuck was an illusion of guy on the NSNES classic? That's a shame. Very much. Uh, Annex owns it in some capacity. Uh, the yes. earthly remains of Quintet, I don't remember who, where they've been scattered to. Yeah, I mean, the biggest uh, barrier for a lot of the older games is simply figuring out who actually owns them. Because so many yeah. of these companies no longer exist. I think that was the case, because like, they had no problem getting Final Fantasy uh, VI on there. Yeah, yeah like it, it's obvious that they had access to, the, to some portion of the Square and Annex catalogs. They just... Uh, had to make some hard choices on what they were going to include. Because, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff out of Square Enix, or, and a lot of weird stuff out of Square Enix from the period. Yeah. Was, I mean, it's like the second or third most prolific gaming console of all time. I'm After surprised Live Alive hasn't got a mobile release yet. Uh, I love Live Alive. Let's see, Quintet... Yeah, they haven't been credited on anything since, like, the mid-aughts. 
Yeah. It is hard to find information on what became of Quintet. Mm-hmm. They just kind of vanished. Yeah. Uh, so that's what happened to, the, to a lot of the companies that originally... A lot of the developers that originally developed ETH. Yeah, I got Quintet. Quest has been gone since like 2001. They think broke Quest up. Right. Of, um, I think some... Quest fell apart right at not too long after Night of Lotus was localized. Yeah, that was. They were definitely gone shortly after that. But I think Square must have eaten them eventually, well, officially. Piece, piecemeal because I mean, after Tactics Ogre, Square stole or managed to poach. Yeah, they poached Matsuno. And a couple other guys from there, and then they continued on making um, Ogre Battle 64 and finally Night of Lotus, and then I'm guessing they just finally all went over to Square Enix after that. Yeah, I, I feel like Square must have eaten them just because Square seems to own uh, Tactics Ogre now. Yeah. And they probably just put them to work making Final Fantasy Tactics Advance after that. <laughs> Which came first, Tactics Advance or, or Night of Lotus? Uh, Night of Lotus by about a year. Then, yeah, they probably just uh, hired the entire group and had them make Tactics Advance. I still love that there's, like, the one Ogre Battle game that basically no human being ever played because it's a Neo Geo Pocket Color exclusive. <laughs> I mean, wasn't it just, like, a, a side story for one small section of the original Ogre Battle? It's the Legend of the Zenobia Prince. Very important. I mean, yes, that is also a side story, but <laughs> we'll never get Ogre Battle episode whatever. I forget what March of the Black Queen claims what episode it is. Did they actually sneak like, Zenobia into Final Fantasy Tactics? I think so. They're, or did they just use the name? Well, Zenobia's got is actually the name of an ancient queen from the Roman Empire period. Yeah, so they could kind of get away with that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like one of the Ogre Battle, I think like the first one claims it's like episode 5 or something. Yeah. Where, where episode one would have been the actual ogre battle fight between the gods and demons, I'm guessing. I'm just imagining, like, someone throwing away, like, millions and millions of dollars to make a lavish og- ogre battle game that actually licensed a bunch of Queen songs. <laughs> I would pay for it. No one else would. I would pay for it. <laughs> ogre battle, episode two, the Rhapsody of Bohem. Oh, <laughs> Where Beelzebub did have a devil set aside for you to fight. Oh, man. I feel like episode two would have to be in the lap of the gods, because, I mean, we just got done with the gods battle, so it's in the lap of the gods. Yeah. Okay, this is getting terrible. I apologize. Uh, Yeah. As long as nobody tries to do the bicycle song. Oh, man. I want a bicycle race. That's the the action sports spinoff. Want to ride my bicycle. Okay. Okay, we are officially freezing for a reason. So, okay, next question from Budai. So many gamers hate a slow intro. Does this bother you? And can you think of intros that are good or bad? Suikoden 5 has maybe the slowest intro I can think of, and it's great. This really depends on the game. Um, I remember... I remember it took over an hour for me to get through the intro section of Persona 4 to the point where I actually had a fight. Yeah, it takes about three hours to really get to the meat of Persona 4. At the same time, it is so worth it because they, the intro section makes a point of introducing the world, introducing characters, setting up everything for when the violent insanity begins. Yes. Yeah, like, Personas have these really long intros, but it's to get you invested in the thing that, like, 
you start in this long you start in this long-winded intro so you can see what the world looks like when it's normal and then things go crazy and it's like oh there's a contrast here yeah but, a lot of a lot of things just have intros where it's like oh this is really long and I still don't feel like I have a better idea of what this world is like because mm-hmm. they didn't even make use of that time it's just scrolling text over an image of a castle. Which I might... will never get over how freaking bad the Final Fantasy Type Zero intro is. It reminds mm. me of the intro section to Moon, RPG Remix Adventure. Specifically the intro to the game that the main character is playing at the beginning of Moon. Also titled Moon. Where it's literally just it's a splash page of a castle in the background. And it has a lot... Just, it starts off with a line of text going line by line, and then the next the next burst is more lines, and then finally you have the entire freaking screen covered in text to the point where you cannot actually read it fast enough before it um, goes away. <laughs> it is like an insanely ridiculous text dump specifically meant to parody the typical RPG intro. Oh, man. And to give you a sense that something's going on, then you have absolutely no idea what. I, yeah, like... Of course, that's also the game that sucks you into the game within it, and then forces you to follow in the footsteps of your actual player character trying to um, clean up all the messes he leaves behind. Sounds that's like fair. Sounds like Inception the game or something. Yes. Um, so... There are no battles in that game. Instead, what you're trying to do is figure out how to resuscitate every poor monster that your hero character has viciously murdered <laughs> in his rampaging quest to get to the moon. So, And supposedly free the princess, who is actually the dragon. So. Dragons can be princesses, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Except the hero doesn't know that, and he's go out to kill the the dragon, which would spell the end of the world. Rude. By accident. Don't kill yep. dragons. That's the moral of the story. So yeah, to answer the question, it really only bothers us if the in- ridiculously long intro is vapid and pointless. Make economical use of your time. Yes. yes. I'm a big fan of uh, Grandia 1 has kind of a slow intro, because you start out and, like you're this kid who's make-believe and he's on an adventure, and then you slowly work your way up to actual adventures, and it has, like, kind of a nice ramp-up to it. Okay, different one. Um, Beyond the Labyrinth. Ah, again! It starts off with you and three other characters basically playing a slightly less than 8-bit cooperative online RPG. Huh. I mean, seriously, it is, like, Atari-level graphics. Classic G-Mud. Yes. Um, and so you're you're going through here. It, it manages to give you the basics of the color-based um, combat system. Oh, that's neat. And then, as you're just going through, navigating through this really, really simplistic maze, and um, your newfound co-players are chatting with you via text, and then you hear somebody crying, and they're like, "Okay, wait a moment. That's not part of the game's audio." And you continue on, and it's like, okay, we heard it again, what's going on here? And then the entire screen glitches out, and then suddenly you're seeing everything in 3D. They were really pumped about being on the 3DS. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, As as it turns out, the the girl in the game 
uh, managed to activate a spell to summon four guardians to help protect her, and that turns out to be you guys using your 3DSs as the interface between you and the guardian spheres. All these freaking meta games. <laughs> yes. So, um, occasionally the girl will grab one your sphere and just kind of move it around. <laughs> Like, okay, I can see you back there. Can you hear me? And uh, she can't hear you. Oh. She can't hear you. She can't see the text messages. But she'll talk to you anyway because she is incredibly lonely. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. This game sounds awesome. It is. Sure is a shame that, well, never, it'll never get ported to anything and we'll never get it. Yes. The Lost Ugh. Triace game. The one where they just pretty much went completely meta on the entire concept of dungeon crawl RPG. <laughs> Someone give Triace infinite money to make stupid things. Well, blame yes. Konami. Oh, definitely blame Konami. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, someone please give Triace infinite money to make stupid things, because that's what I enjoy. I mean, theoretically, if you decided to go with the split-screen um, Switch idea, you could probably port it to Switch. Yeah, it's uh, just a question of would anyone ever finance that, and the answer is no. Hey, Resonance of Fate got financed. Yeah, by yeah. Trace itself. Oh, Sega didn't give any That's money to it. It's self-published by Trace. Uh, Resonance of Fate? The new one. Oh, the, the new, new version. One. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, it was originally published by Sega. Yeah, like so the new one. So there's a chance that Trace might do something similar with Beyond the Labyrinth. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Resonance of Fate, new, the PC and PS4 version, was self-financed and published by Triace. Nice. Okay. Now, how can I convince them to talk to uh, Limited Run and uh, get a nice disc of that? So that would be sweet. Do that right around the time that Silent, Hill, that Silent Scope Bone Eater comes out on a console. <laughs> well, anyway, I need to get going in a few minutes. Um... But I was just looking at the Yakuza 3 question. Oh, you actually wanted to answer that <laughs> Oh, no, I have absolutely no way of answering anything on this. Oh. It's just, um, in tangential reference to Yakuza 3, the, uh, about last week, uh, a friend of mine was, uh, um, over here was mentioning something funny he'd seen, and he was re referencing an, this article from Boing Boing uh, many years ago where one of where this American reporter they knew who was working in Tokyo managed to they managed to get him to convince three Yakuza oh, this one. contacts of his to sit down and play Yakuza three and give their thoughts. <laughs> and so yeah. they were talking about they were saying things like, Okay, seriously, so he's he's running an orphanage, why is he doing that? And it's like, Oh yeah, remember such and such, he's running a he's doing a racket like that right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh and an actual argument over whether or not this constituted unfair stereotyping until somebody pointed out that, hey, they they knew somebody like every single character in that game, so they couldn't really call it stereotyping because it was true. And yeah. in the, the only thing they could really criticize was, first of all, as a boss, as a, yeah, as a boss, he should not have been getting his hands that dirty, fighting people. And second, yeah, where probably. the hell did he get that awful shirt? <laughs> that awful shirt is very important. Yes. So, it was worth a read just for the laughs. I mean, it was... Yeah. 
Yeah, that article's a classic. It's pretty easy to find if you just Google Yakuza 3 boing boing, so... Oh, oh just just pl- um, just Google Yakuza playing Yakuza. <laughs> yeah, that'll also work. Like, you, it's it's fairly easy to find, and it's yeah. it's from about 2010. It's, it's pretty good. Yes. <laughs> just commentary. It's like, yeah. Like, why didn't you sh- just shoot him? I mean, shooting, shooting sends a message, or shooting anything sends a message. But it gets you in trouble with the police more. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I remember why I don't shoot people that often. <laughs> Any other questions you wanted to jump into before you left? Oh, well, no, not that anything's left there. I've got one or two things I could ask. However, it's, uh, I don't have any time left, and it would take me a long time to go through this one. So I will bring it up a different day when we have more time. Next Sounds time. good. Yep. All right. Yeah. Hey. Excuse me. I will leave you to talk of Yakuza and Dark Souls and, and that one last question from Budai. Sounds good. Yes. All right. I'll talk to you next okay. week, sir. Yes. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Ugh. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. See you. Bye. All right. What's the, la- what's the last question from Budai? Uh, technically, there's still the Yakuza 3 one that I will definitely be taking time on because you can't stop me. I mean, I could, but I'm not going to. You won't be able to. Uh, you're too tired. You're too weak. Um, Alright, that's probably technically true. But yeah, uh, his question on that one was, is Yakuza, th- Yakuza 3 generally considered the weakest? And the answer is, yeah, probably, among people that have actually been playing the series for like 10-ish, more, 10-ish or more years. It's generally considered as one of the weaker entries. It's not bad. It's fine. Uh, but it's just generally like there's not it's there's not enough to it to really recommend it over some of the earlier or later games. So I mean, you would never play Yakuza one in its unfinished in its original state again because it's Yakuza one. But I mean, like in terms of it's the earliest in what could be considered the modern version of Yakuza, and that means that it has it's the least refined out of those, and it's uh, one of the like a story happens, but it's not that important. <laughs> it's still good, like I like it, but I mean, if you were to ask me, like, is that the weakest? I wouldn't really contend against it, other than like Yakuza One. Yeah, like you said, at this point. <coughs> Kiwami is the one you want to play anyway, right? Well, if you were going to play the ver- uh, if by the one you mean the version of one, yeah. then you would play Kiwami. But I mean, I'd probably play Yakuza one, Yakuza three over Kiwami because I just like Yakuza one is kind of a bare bones framework. But, sure. But yeah, like that's the that's the only one I would definitely put below one uh, below three. I mean, otherwise you you probably. Have to, I'd have to think about it a lot. I mean, aside from something like Dead Souls, which is uh, much crazier, but also, like, they, they didn't get gunplay very good, and the entire game is guns. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's Yakuza 3. It's fine. It's still good. It's still definitely worth playing. Alright. I'm sure I'll get to it someday. I'll fight you. <laughs> Alright, gotta go back to our roots and make stupid bets about who can finish what when. Oh my god. I think one of us may still technically owe the other one a copy of Kingdom Hearts 3 over that. Oh, shh. <laughs>
okay. I already pre-ordered. Uh, I already pre-ordered the special edition. I don't think I can collect. Woohoo! Okay, so what were we gonna move on to from here? Uh, Dark Souls. Sure, you can do that. Talk. We're gonna talk, Eric. Did we? Did we lose Eric? Did we lose him? No, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Okay. Get into that. How are? How's Dark Souls treating you? Uh, getting through it. Have you played it before, or is this your first run through? First run. I oh, had well. it on the PS3, and I never got around to playing it, though. And I eventually sold it. I know. But, um, I'm wondering what I should use all the boss souls for. Uh, most of the boss soul weapons aren't actually that worth it. The only one I've seen that seems to be worth it to me is uh, the Fury Sword. Yeah, Quaylog's Fury Sword is good, and the Artorius Great Sword is good. I can't. That's... I don't have the in in faith yet for that though. Yeah, I'm just saying yeah. uh, those are like basically the only boss soul weapons that are actually good. Although somebody told me that the the max for Dex was forty, but it actually goes beyond that. This so most of the stats have these soft caps, where after you reach about forty. Putting more points into them drastically go like the worth of it drastically goes down. Mm. So I'm just like working it, on strength and HP and endurance now. Yeah, like most like most stats soft cap at forty. Uh, but yeah, the the thing I I don't typically oh, use. Oh, this this is sad. <laughs> What's up? Uh, uh, apparently, someone I know on Twitter found a. Legend of Legacy cartridge only for GameStop for four dollars. Ow. But <sighs> okay, it's that tangent over. But what were we talking about? Oh, I was going to mention that uh, typically the only boss soul I end up using is the is the uh, soul of Thief to make either a great sword of Artorias or often it's not a cursed great sort of Artorias so that I can just kill ghosts. Yeah. Because you will need something that's cursed to get rid of them. Yeah, I just went through there with the transient curses and then beat the boss. Yeah, that's yeah. the way to go. Although but... I'll probably have to go there to farm um, chunks off of the dark wraiths. Yeah. They're not that bad. But, but you don't have to deal with the ghosts, you just run away. Yeah, but the first time through, and really any time, I just like I pull out. I want to have a weapon that can just deal with them because I hate them. They are jerks. Hopefully, I'll get lucky and they'll drop one of their own. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, so that's that's. I usually end up making a cursed sword of Artorias just so that I can deal with ghosts. I'll probably Uh, do that on run two. Can you even target the ghosts while not cursed? Yeah. Okay. The hardest part of the or science smog fight is just dealing with even one of them. Yes, I actually eventually got pretty good at it. Like I'm, I, I've never. I ended up beating help. Spawn the second phase, so now I have to beat Orstein in the second phase in the next run. Yeah, Super Smog is much easier than Super Ornstein. I've never summoned help in Dark Souls, and I don't know why. But I usually die before I get the chance to summon help. You never even summoned, like, Mr. Sunbro himself? Nope. I Terrible. summoned Solaire for the Gargoyle fight, but that's it. I don't think you can summon Solaire for the Gargoyles. Yeah, you can. 
Touch, you can. I think you can summon like Lotrek, who's terrible. Yeah, I I dealt with him. I'm in, I'm getting to the point in Anorlando where you can get there. I'm still in Sun's Fortress, and it's like eh, Anorlando Lando's not that far away. I always yeah. let that storyline play out just because it's interesting what happens when you actually return the Firekeeper's soul. So my Dex is at forty, and my uh, Katana is at fifteen, and it's like really powerful now. Nice. Yeah, are you using the uh, Katana from that uh, shopkeeper? Yeah, get that Uchi Katana. There's that slashing katana called the the EI or something like that. Probably some reference to Eido. But uh, that that one apparently is good, but it's not as good. Probably has better durability. Yeah, durability is not usually a stat worth concerning yourself with. Yeah, because like I usually end up repairing that when I get to a bonfire anyway. You 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 would have to neglect something for. Just tremendous amounts of time for it to like you for it to ever have be in any real risk of breaking. They made it more of a concern in two, but I mean in that one, like going to a bonfire just automatically restored things, so it just sort of forced you to go to bonfires more often. Mm. How's your uh, run going, Wheels? Oh, sorry. Oh, uh, I I was gonna say something, but then I forgot what it was. So oh, sorry. How's oh, your run going, Wheels? Fuck you, Snake. Well, this one's, like, reached its three F-bombs. It's officially MPA rated R for strong language. I hate the Snakes in Sense Fortress. Yeah. They're highly I forgot that they the can slashing. do, like, a... I forgot that some of them, uh, the, the lightning-throwing ones, can do, like, this grab, so I got utterly owned when it, uh... when I was trying to block a sword strike and it just bit me on the head. Well, at least I got the lightning spear, so that is. I, uh, I, I, is it the one that's like, uh, just called the lightning spear? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've I got that like, lucky. But uh, I've never I, I've it's at like 144 right now, but it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, I mean, uh, you can upgrade it a bit. Like what you end up wanting is things that scale, so. Like, the Lightning Spear was really powerful early on, because pre-patch about 1.05 for original Dark Souls, like, frickin' everything was weak to Lightning. Because <laughs> I can't find it, like, between the Fire Sword and my Katana, I don't see much use of, like, making a weapon Lightning. Or, uh, Enchanted. No, don't do it. Yeah, in general, uh, most of them are not... Most of these other uh, options for upgrade paths are not worth your time. Uh, Something they prove on in 2 and 3? Kind of. They're different in 2 and 3. I don't remember how it works in 2. In 3, you basically, like... You set up a weapon to to be built around different stats. So you can... If you you can make a weapon into a weapon that's a dex weapon in three, mm. or make a weapon into a strength weapon or whatever you require. Yeah, two. I definitely remember like enchanted and uh, stuff like that. They s- definitely scaled, but I don't remember a lot because I was a mage and I didn't have much use for weapons. So weapons I, are for suckers. I think I understand why 
you like Mage in two and one because um, they use spell charges, which means um, you use less, and therefore the game's harder, and you're a masochist. Uh, no, it's nah, not hard. I don't understand that. I'd rather have MP. Uh, no, you get more magic uses in one and two than you do in three. Because they're not competing for charges. Yeah. You absolutely get more magic. And it's also absolutely much clearer how much magic you have to use. Because, like, there's... I've seen, like, like, so many uses of, like, the Great Soul Arrow, and it's like, I know you could buy another one and stack it on top of each other and use more, but um, it still feels like there's too many enemies to like blow through before that becomes a problem and then you run out. But yeah, I mean, it... you you if you get a you can get like a better catalyst, I think it's called that scales. So I mean, mm. you're still using like the lower level spells, but they eventually do a lot more damage. Mm. Like, like the thing about the later games is they typically tried to make spells less powerful because they were strong and they gave you range and you just generally had... If you built your character right, you had a lot of fire shots at them, so... Like, that's kind of how they... Like, that's why they keep... Like, Dark Souls 2, they're, they're weaker, but they're not weaker enough for their tastes, obviously, because they continue right. to tinker with it in 3. Because in Dark Souls 2, they kept... Like, after the game came out, they kept lowering the amount of damage that these spells did, and they and, you know, they were still perfectly effective builds. Uh, and then in 3, they completely reworked the MP system so that if you wanted to cast a lot of spells, you had to sacrifice the ability to heal yourself a lot. Which <laughs> sucks. <laughs> which, I, which is hilarious to me, because I never... Like, the first thing I did was stop getting... Uh, using Ash and Estus because I I wasn't going to like they tried to give that meter something for weapons to do and it does have its uses but it's never worth more to me than just being able to heal more. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's not just that either. Um, enemies in Dark Souls Three move a lot quicker than they did in One and Two. <laughs> yeah, they generally just... won't sit around long enough for you to hit something yeah, with it. Yeah, so it's it's just a lot harder in general. Mm. Yeah, in general, Three is a faster game, so. I'm a, I might consider playing uh, Bloodborne after this, but um, I still haven't figured out how to level up. What do you mean? In Bloodborne? Yeah. I uh, haven't you have very to... far. I think I oh. need to get further. Yeah, you have, to, you have to have at least one insight so that the pale doll starts talking to you. I mean, I probably don't hit that until after I beat the first boss. You don't have to beat the first boss, you just have to have seen it. And it's then... Like... Yeah, Bloodborne is a I, weird game. I got as far as where I ran into two werewolves, but I managed to firebomb them to death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't the first, think they come back because, like, the first one didn't come back. So yeah, some of them, some enemies will just not come back if they're particularly onerous. Uh, but yeah, Bloodborne doesn't pull the same trick that Demon's Souls did, where you had to actually beat the first boss before you were allowed to level up. Mm. You just have to have seen it. There are other ways to the, get in fights. I kind of hate, hate the way the healing works, because like, I have to find my pickups again. Eventually, the like that was something that they worked on in patches as well. Originally, uh, you could only... like You can always have like the 20 vials, I think. However many you're allowed to have on you. 
but the game originally would only store up to about 200 that would just automatically replenish whenever you died, but, like, I think eventually they upped it to, like, 600, so... Mm. Eventually you reach a point where it it really raises the question of why they made it a thing that you can run out of at all, because it generally, unless you're playing... Unless you're having some real poor choices, uh, it probably won't ever happen. I went yeah. with the... I went with the... The blade. The, the threaded hacks, cane? The, the, ha- the hacksaw thing. Oh, the saw... The saw... Whatever it's called. It's not the saw spear. The bone saw? No, yeah. bone saw is not ready. Oh. It's a shame. Uh... Not the the saw cleaver. Hmm. Might be the saw cleaver. The one that has the two modes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all of them have two modes. Like that's the that's the gimmick of Bloodborne is that every well, weapon I think, has. I think the second mode acts like a scythe, and the other one just a standard blade. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one that you can get at the beginning is the saw cleaver. Do you get other weapons, or are those just the three that you start with? Oh, no, there's a bazillion weapons in this thing. I've, I've, I will never stop making fun of Wheels, because he didn't get far enough into the game to unlock the weapon. This still seems kind of worthless, because like, all it does is stun the enemy. You get a lot of options with them. There's generally... But it, it can be onerous, and you kind of have to get figure out what weapon does things that you like. But again, I'll never stop making fun of Wheels, because he didn't get far enough into the game to unlock Logarius Wheel. Which is literally a wagon wheel you hit people with. <laughs> and it, like, sits on your arm and you can, like, sacrifice health to, like, whir it up and then hit people with it. Goddamn. Uh, also, the, the Sith fight in Dark Souls, it's like, is, did we just go Akami here? Because this wolf is slashing at me with a gigantic sword. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Have you, have you, I assume you've defeated Sith. Yeah. And that's why I was able to go to the Four Kings. Like, that's, like, the one part where the game is just sort of, like... Where the game does something that is sane, but also depressing, which is that, like, Sif... Lo- once Sif loses enough health... Yeah, that's, it, that's sad. I felt bad for killing him, because, like, oh, look, he can't fight anymore, really. He's <laughs> just a good dog. Um, the There's also, if you're willing to play the game in a really non-intuitive manner, there's a, there's a bonus that they threw in. If you play the game's DLC before you fight Sif, which is... If you play a specific portion of the DLC, you can find a young version of Sif. And if you rescue it and then do that fight, the fight will open with Sif jumping on you and realizing who you are and being happy and then realizing why you're there and then sort of sadly going and picking up its sword. <laughs> really sad. That's a nice touch. Like, it's a great touch, but it's also I haven't bothered awful. with the DLC yet, because I'm still in the Archives of Caves area. On a first playthrough, you should not do the DLC first. It's super hard. It's probably the hardest fight in the game. Oh, like, the, the, I, like the, the old Hunter's Hard, you mean? Uh, no, the, the boss, the final boss of the DLC is the hardest boss in the game. The final boss of the Dark Souls DLC, uh, uh, Manos, Father of the Abyss? Yeah. Like I, I have beaten every boss in New Game Plus, not the DL- DLC boss. Like, it, it took me forever impossible. to kill that thing by myself. I felt like I was going to die. Uh, so, yeah, like that is absolutely like that, or like the Black Dragon Calamite, which is supposedly harder, but I never actually bothered fighting. But Calamite is also in the DLC, so. But yeah, it's, it's a good DLC. It's I'm not sure how many people that 
buy this version and play it by itself will actually realize where it is. Yeah, it's kind of hidden. Yeah, you have to kill a crystal golem that's like guarding a thing. Well, first you have to kill the Hydra way out in the back of Darkroot Basin, which really, in the base game, hid nothing and seemed to exist for no reason. Yep. Extra souls. Basically. But, like, the game didn't even consider it a boss. It was just obnoxious. I even went to Ash Lake and... (laughs) Oh, that place. That Hydra. (laughs) Oh, I hate that thing. Uh, Getting there was annoying, though, because of all those cursed frogs. Yeah, the basilisks suck. Uh, and I remember the first time I was oh, playing and Dark falling. Souls. <laughs> yeah, I remember the first time I was playing Dark Souls, and I and went the evil mushroom guys that can kill you in one hit because they're so strong. I remember the first time I was playing, and I went to the, I went to the depths the first time, and immediately was inundated by like eight basilisks and cursed. And uh-huh. that to me, and I had to run the hell out of there, and I managed to get out of there without getting cursed. I was killed. I was killed instantly. I had no idea what curse did. Like revived at a bonfire, saw that I could not, uh, that I could only store restore half my health. I had to go find some way to remove a curse. Oh, this is find- Demon Souls. <laughs> yeah, I was really pissed off. Went up, did that, and swore I would not be going into the depths, and ignored them and went elsewhere. <laughs> And so that is why I did not do Blight Town when I was playing the game. I just went in backwards, Valley of the Drakes. You made the the correct choice. Just to get the Eagle Shield, and I left. I yeah, like the the shield I tend to use is like the Grass Crest Shield. So unless there's a particular reason I need to go to Blight Town, I don't. There's no reason to go to Blight Town. It's (laughs) unless you read. Yeah, it's a bad place. Uh, But yeah, just just go through the Valley of the Drakes. Yeah, poison, toxin, blow dart men that are hard to see. I had forgotten that it's actually the, uh... Or, or the be- bajillion mosquitoes that throw blood on you. That I hate those things. hate those things. They are the worst. I think the... I The thing I had forgotten until I played this again was that the thing that determines when Lautrec kills the Firekeeper is actually... Uh, oh, spoilers, by the way. <laughs> the thing that determines whether when Lawtrek kills the Firekeeper is when you find the Firekeeper's soul in Blighttown. Like, that is when he will do it. Because I, I figured that out. that, like, saving the Firekeeper lets you have more SS Blast, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, you... T- like, essentially what saving the Firekeeper does... Uh, the right of enkindling is actually from the catacombs. You get it by killing uh, mm. Pinwheel. Yeah, I'm probably gonna kill her next. Yeah, Pinwheel's nice and easy. Uh, Tomb of the Giants sucks really hard. Uh, get used to having a lantern in your left hand if you were used to having a shield. Yep. Mm. Why? Because it's dark as hell. Yes. It's dark as hell. Like, you need something to be able to see, and nothing that you have... I think that some items that, like, are on fire or have some property that causes them to glow will give you some mild illumination, but you're going to want to... What about the wolf string that gives you poise? That seems to make you glow. I don't think it makes you glow enough to actually see anything. Mm. I do have a fire sword I could swing around, though. Yeah, that might help, uh... 
But yeah, you'll probably just want a Skull Lantern because oh heavens, you're, you just they, get tossed out of one that can be bought or is it easily found somewhere? Uh, I think you're going to just run into Skull Lanterns as you get into the catacombs. Uh, when you uh, guaranteed drop from the last Necromancer killed in the catacombs, so yeah, you you will get one. The game makes sure that you have some source of light. Yeah, well. That's all I have to really say about Dark Souls. Um, I my I wrote the review and it should be going up nice. in a couple of days. Nice. But uh, I gave it ten out of ten because it's a good game. It is very Sweet. good. Oh, it's up now along with my uh, Fighter Z and Anko reviews. People should go check that out. It's about the score I would have given if it if given it if I hadn't effed up. And then you. Uh, like my reviews, you could check uh, out my Patreon. Give me a buck or two. Good idea. Like, uh, but um, otherwise, uh, you can find me on Twitter at ArcRPG. And it's nearly midnight. I actually get ready for bed. Now I will be the only one awake enough to talk. Uh huh. <laughs> well, well, it's good see to you later. You. See you later. Bye bye. Bye. Wheels. Yes. Do you have any other things you wish to discuss? Yes, the uh, 2018 World Championship Red Sox. No, we're not discussing that unless you think they're game of the year. <laughs> yes. I don't think that's how that works. Would I ask, can you make any early game of the year predictions? Your own personal Spider-Man. thoughts or what the game of the year might think. Spider-Man. So that's your personal uh, game of the year so far? That or Alliance Alive, yeah. The Spider Alive. The spider alive, uh, but uh, for me, Spider-Man definitely. You think what else came out? Um, I haven't taken enough stock of what uh, I personally will pick. I suspect Red Dead Redemption Two will walk away with a lot of them. It's pretty good. It gets in its own way a lot. You know how I feel about Rockstar. Uh, vaguely. Their games suck. That's not true. But this one. Uh, a little too fiddly for its own good in a lot of ways. Oh, goddamn fucking traps and fuck, 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 fuck. Wow. Okay, I think that I think that pushed us into like an NC17 rating just by itself. The last trap in Sense Fortress before you get up to the rooftop area always just. Which one was that again? It's just the last like blade trap where you have to kind of run and possibly like dive run, roll. roll. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh. Well, that was a profane outburst. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd, I'd suspect Red Dead will probably do it just based on... It's the kind of game that... Uh, Oscar bait exists in movies. This is this is a game. This is game Oscar bait. Yeah. It's a very serious game about serious things, about revenge and whatever. It's got... Uh, an open world and a lot of attempts at verisimilitude. Uh, I was typing out at a friend that the contradiction buried at the heart of Red Dead Redemption 2 is that it's a game that's very realistic and takes itself very seriously, but that breaks my immersion by asking me to keep track of a horse core. Which isn't to say it's bad, it's actually quite good in a lot of places, but I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like these two things are at cross-purposes. You have tried so hard to be real that you have made yourself more vulnerable to artifice. Yeah. 
But yeah, it, it's it's game Oscar bait. Like it is the kind of game that will win awards because that's the kind of like it's that self serious thing about like toxically masculine men uh, and like dying old ways and like impermanence and all that. Yeah. Oh, Monster Hunter World should. There you go. There's a good candidate. They'll probably win at least a few like action yeah. RPG of the year awards. Uh, in the same vein as Red Dead Redemption 2, I suspect that a few places will give it to God of War. Yeah, that was this year. Yeah, that was April, I think. Something like that. Um, Meh. Valkyria 4? That'll probably win at least a few like strategy RPGs of the year awards for places that get that granular. Such as your fine hosts at RP Gamer. Yay! <laughs> but, uh, let's see... Those are those are the ones I would like place my bets on, are the ones that are uh, that please the kind of people who stroke their chins about. Uh... Yeah. Oh, and we we're talking about games released here. I should say my impressions of my impression article about Dark, Dark Souls Switch went up, and I, I think an important thing for that was me going back to the PS3 version, which kind of brings into a clearer light how much smoother the frame rate is in the remastered version. <laughs> it's easy to forget how bad Dark Souls frame rate was. Yeah, well, I think it was pretty normal at that time, and it was outside of Blight, Ta- Blight Town, you know, it didn't... It's really Blight Town that drags it down, because it's yeah. like... It's easy to forget that, like, oh, this moves at, like, ten frames a second. Yeah. Like, it's nearly unplayable in certain parts, points of that area. It's just yeah. awful. But, I mean, I, I fired it up and was walking around, like, just Firelink Shrine. I'm like, man, this is this is slow and janky. So, you know, people will probably knock the Switch version a bit because it doesn't run at 60 frames per second. But, man, is it insanely smoother than the PS3 version. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a really nice version, yeah. especially if you ever wanted it portably. Yeah. Um, just thinking about every time they announce something that's on Switch, that's like, oh man, I can finally play that portably, and it's like, oh, Resident Evil 1 Remake and Resident Evil 4 are both coming to Switch, it's like, yes! Yes. <laughs> Those are for me. I'm not sure if they're for wheels, but they're for me. Those are the ones I like. And two. <laughs> oh, well, they're coming. I like one, I like two, I like four. And that's it. <laughs> you You had to drag me through five. We had a good time. Yeah, and you should drag me through six sometime. Yeah, well, when I when I have a TV again, we'll do that. Cause, uh, like, that's a really fun co-op game. Yeah. We had some fun while we were playing it. We fell down a hole. Good times. I enjoy falling down holes. <laughs> Man, I don't think I'll ever be able to recreate how stupid the day Resident Evil 5 came out was for me. <laughs> because I got it at a midnight launch and another friend got it at a midnight launch and we both got home and started playing it co-op immediately oh boy and played it like that until like 10am and we were nearing the point we, had, we were near the end of the game we were on the boat and found that our that our reflexes had deteriorated to such a point that it was impossible for us to play. <laughs> like, we could not re- get past that, and we were we were both getting so tired and so punchy that we were just getting pissed off at each other every time one of us died. 
<laughs> and so we had to call an audible and be like, okay, our intent was to finish this all at once immediately, but we can't. We'll die. So, so we both slept for like eight hours and then went right back to playing it again and finished. Oh my god. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done. Uh, it took us forever to finish the final boss fight because not <clears throat> one or the other of us would fail at some point during the uh, the freaking QTE to like keep Sheva alive while Chris is punching a boulder. <laughs> but yeah, like it was the dumbest thing imaginable, and it was like something that no healthy human being should ever do. And that I would never strive to recreate, but it's fun to mention happened. So you didn't recreate it for six? I would have died. <laughs> also, I had school at the time. Uh, so, as you do. We did play an unhealthy amount of it, though. Nice. I think we essentially played, like, an entire scenario at a time. <laughs> like, here's all the Leon chapters, we're done. Here's all the frickin'... Here's all the frickin'... <laughs> Uh, what was the other characters? Uh, here's all the Chris chapters. We're done. Here's all the uh, the Jake chapters. We're done. And that was also when I honed my intention to play through the entire Jake campaign, only without ever using a gun. <laughs> and that's a really fun, stupid way to play the game. <laughs> I recommend it happening at least once if you enjoy Resident Evil Six like I do. But yeah. Ridiculous, ridiculous game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't think that I can ever recreate that, and I don't want to, but I like recounting it, so thank you for giving me that opportunity. You're welcome. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we have any other predictions for games of the year. Uh, I don't have a personal one anyway yet. Yeah, for me, it's absolutely Spider Man. Like without even having played the DLC yet. Does whatever a spider can spins away and so Okay, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, right. Because you're dying and I'm getting punchy. Um, <sighs> questions, answers. Questions in the usual place. Comments, uh, the comment section, the Discord. We will respond to both. Yeah. Uh, website. Um, things. Dark Souls. I, I feel like you're... What? Talk we'll post these impressions of Dark Souls Switchboard. Okay, yeah, you're, you've gone completely off. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, check out RP Gamer. There's probably other content that's there that's good. I'm bad at recommending articles, but we should probably do that eventually. We had uh, some reviews that went up. Uh, Moonlighter... Oh, yeah. Uh, which comes out on Switch next week. And I almost canceled my pre-order because we also had a review of a game called Moonfall <laughs> up, which was not not which so good. Less, less glowing. Yes. So I was like, oh, this game stinks. I should cancel my pre-order. And I was like, oh, that's not the same game. Uh, some recent news, like stuff about uh, God Eater 3, Dragon Quest Builders 2, etc., yeah, check out its stuff. Some um, Atelier, Atelier, however the in God's name it's pronounced. Recently, uh, they're doing a new entry, and um, 
can't believe there's a new one. In, well, they're doing a new entry in the Arlen series uh, that started on the PS3, which is pretty neat. So, it comes out, like, I think early next year, because apparently Gust is just a machine now. Yeah, no, they, well, they've been a machine for years, dude. That's how they've been for, like, ten years at this point. I guess, yeah. Oh, for the love of God. No! Dramatically uh, and consecutively. I hate so Alright, that's it. <laughs> See you, space cowboy. <laughs>